Welcome to BGSM podcast. My name is Stefan Griffin. I'm a junior doctor in central London and a member of the BGSM editorial team. I'm absolutely honoured today to be joined by Professor Greg White, who doesn't really need an introduction. He's a professor of sport and exercise science at Liverpool John Moores University, and he really is one of the world's most respected and renowned sport and exercise scientists. He's, amongst his scientific work, he's raised over £30 million for sport relief, undertaking a wide range of what could be called probably crazy (laughs) ventures. Definitely. And most recently, he's published a book called Bump It Up, which really focuses on physical activity within the pregnant population. Mm -hmm. So welcome to this podcast, Greg. Thanks very much for having me, Stefan. No problem at all. (laughs) So I think we'll start by just sort of, if you can give us a bit of insight into what kickstarted your interest in this area. Well, I mean, a simple one, really. I've got three young children uh, and um, my wife, incredibly active. um, And when she fell pregnant, uh, we my attitude was, look, you know, what what should we do during pregnancy? Simple enough. We'll just go and get a book off the shelf. Uh, We'll take a look at the research. Uh, We'll we'll do our own research and find out what we should be doing and when we should be doing it, how we should be doing it. And of course, it's at that point that you look on the shelves and you realize there is nothing out there uh, for pregnant women. Um, when you look online, the, the, the really worrying thing for me was that, that not only was there a dearth of information, but equally there was a lot of dangerous information on there or misleading information at the very best. So really, it struck me that what, what, I, sh- what I should do is actually produce something that is valuable, a, a resource, a very sort of practically based resource of what, when, how and why uh, you should be active, n- not only during pregnancy, but but prior to pregnancy, around conception, in which obviously physical activity plays a key role in that lifestyle management to improve uh, fertility and conception throughout pregnancy, and then obviously into the postpartum period in terms of that recovery and rehabilitation and return to normal life. Fab. And as, as we sort of were chatting before the podcast started, I did a uh, four-month placement in Obs and Gynes, my first sort of job out of, out of med school. Yeah. Um, I met sort of a lot of females who were quite sort of anxious about physical activity. And again, sort of I can, um, I, I see where you're coming from when you say people are nervous, people don't know really the information. What are the sort of current guidelines around physical activity in pregnancy? I mean, it's a really important point that you raise, actually, because it is an incredibly stressful time pregnancy uh, and particularly for for the first time mum to be uh, I think you know once you've had a baby and you understand the process and and everything that goes along with that it becomes somewhat less stressful but it still remains stressful and I think add on top of that there's a huge amount of believed wisdom a huge amount of dogma which surrounds pregnancy particularly when it comes to physical activity but actually when when you delve into it what you realize is <coughs> excuse me what you realize is that Actually, there's very little knowledge. Uh, there's very little research in, in the area. Um, and, and and although recently there have been a, a host of guidelines which have been published, actually the, much of that is actually based upon limited amount of research when you compare it to other areas of, of science and medicine. Um, but in general, what we know is that, that physical activity is wholly beneficial for our quality and length of life in the general population. And the point is that, that the same truth holds when you're pregnant is that physical activity is wholly beneficial and importantly it's wholly beneficial for the for the health of the mother but also the health of the baby um, and, and where is that that benefit come from the benefit comes from from the physical um, but it also comes from the mental and emotional uh, so actually 
coping and dealing with the stress of pregnancy. Uh, and also the, the dramatic hormonal changes that are, that are taking place during pregnancy and postpartum. Uh, physical activity plays a key role in that. And I think also one of the other key factors for me, and I spend a lot of time talking about it, is actually the social health of the pregnant mother. Uh, because often it can be quite isolating when you become pregnant. If none of your friends are pregnant, uh, if you don't live in an area that, that's well serviced by a host of pregnancy services, actually can become quite socially isolating. What physical activity enables you to do is actually interact with other people, particularly interact with other mothers. And actually the ability to communicate throughout pregnancy, to talk about issues, uh, can be incredibly important, leading on to improvements in mental, emotional health and physical health. So, so the bottom line is that physical activity is incredibly important pre, during and post-pregnancy. Um, it, Effectively, what you need to do, though, is you have to understand that obviously the body is, is undergoing significant change. Uh, and so, therefore, what we have to do is we have to modify our approach to physical activity to ensure that what we're doing is we're taking on board what is going on with the body it, during those phases. Uh, and, and obviously, critically remembering that, that there is a difference between low risk and, and greater risk pregnancy, so moderate or high risk pregnancy. But even then, physical activity still plays a key role in the health of the mother and the baby. Okay. And uh, let's say there are people listening who might be involved sort of in a primary care setting. Let's say Mrs. Jones is a 20-year-old lady, first time um, she's, been, she's fallen pregnant, uh, low-risk pregnancy, no sort of um, predisposing risk factors for any sort of conditions, and she comes to talk to you about sort of remaining physically active. Yep. What sort of key advice would you give to someone in the, sort of uh, this population? What I've done is I've sort of constructed what, what I call the golden rules to some extent. And I think it's what, what every pregnant mum-to-be uh, can sort of live by when it comes to, to physical activity. I think the first place to start is that actually that invariably what you do prior to pregnancy, that your physical activity prior to pregnancy will dictate what you do during pregnancy. Um, pregnancy is not a time to necessarily take up new activities um, and so I think that that's why it's incredibly important that what we should be doing is promoting physical activity in the non-pregnant population to ensure that we're physically active prior to pregnancy um, but in doing that there are things that we can do anew afresh you know so so there are physical activities that once we become pregnant we can start to do uh, but taking the modified approach is important things like pilates and yoga for example are wonderful both in terms of physical and mental um, but because of the, the variation in a hormone called relaxin, which actually increases joint laxity, what we do have to do is, is just take a modified approach. Um, so I, I think what we do before makes a difference to what we do during. Uh, I think critically, remember that during pregnancy, it's about maintenance, not about improvement. What we don't do is we don't improve our physical conditioning uh, during pregnancy. What we do is we maintain what we've got. And I think that's, that's a really important role to take. When it comes to physical activity itself, what you are looking at is moderate intensity. Um, and now what, what does that mean? It's quite a difficult concept. <laughs> you know, we throw away these terms as if they're very easy to understand, but, but understanding moderate intensity is really quite important. What does that mean? Lots of ways of doing that. Rating of perceived exertion is one way of doing that. So using how we feel during exercise is important. Uh, we can use other physiological markers like heart rate. Um, if you are a bit of a tech geek or if you like wearable tech, then actually using heart rate can really be helpful. And equally, there are very simple things like the torque test. 
uh, is that actually moderate intensity is generally that that exercise intensity at which you can hold a full conversation without having to, having to take excessive breaths. So moderate intensity really important. Um, things like overheating incredibly important, particularly during trimester one. We know that excessive heating can be problematic in terms of the development of the fetus. So avoiding overheating throughout exercise uh, throughout pregnancy, again because of the increased weight, the increased fat mass. Um, actually during pregnancy you do tend to overheat so making sure you choose the right clothing in the right environment uh, becomes important Um, and I think uh, one of the key values of physical activity is not the only thing uh, and it's not wholly about physical activity but that is about weight management weight management is incredibly important Uh, and I use the term weight management because it's not about weight gain uh, in, a, in or excessive weight gain uh, because what we know is that both being overweight and underweight during pregnancy both hold risks for the unborn child uh, particularly metabolic risks around things like uh, diabetes but also around things like hypertension etc so so making sure that you monitor weight and, and you hit targeted weight gain categories as you go through pregnancy is really very very important um, I think one of the key messages that I send constantly <laughs> is pelvic floor, pelvic floor, pelvic floor. And I think actually, if you do nothing else during pregnancy, as long as you do pelvic floor, you'll be doing something very, very positive. Really important, particularly as the the weight of the uterus rises, the pressure down on the pelvic floor increases, uh, the potential for urinary and fecal incontinence rises, uh, and that can persist postpartum. So looking after the pelvic floor throughout pregnancy and into the postpartum period becomes really, really important. And then, of course, the final thing is about safety, is making sure that you are doing it safely. And keeping a, a very close relationship with your healthcare team is, is one of the key bad, the key ways that you can make sure that what you do is safe. Brilliant. And in terms of advice that you might give, sort of what, what sort of misconceptions do you think the public hold in terms of, as you've mentioned some of the dogma, what misconceptions do the public hold in regard to sort of physical activity during pregnancy and how do you overcome those? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great. I actually went through, when I wrote the book, uh, I went onto social media and asked uh, and asked my followers to ask me questions about exercise during pregnancy. It's amazing the dogma that exists. Uh, ranging from a host of different factors, you know, for, for example, that if, if I exercise, um, if I exercise the umbilical cord to get wrapped around the baby's neck, if I raise my hands above my head during exercise, um, all the way through to actually deoxygenation of, of the fetus if I exercise, uh, and, and so I mean there are lots of, of different areas of of believed wisdom and dogma which which surround exercise in pregnancy i I think one of the key drivers for that is actually about safety is all about safety Um, and what i've tried to do actually in the book is is not this not not disregard those because i think they're really important because they do create true um fear when it comes to exercise during pregnancy what i've tried to do is actually give the evidence to support why they don't exist so, for example, if you exercise, you'll reduce nutrient and you'll reduce nutrient and oxygen flow to the fetus. Completely untrue. No evidence to support that whatsoever. And in fact, what we what what happens is generally is that we get because we've got an increased blood volume, uh, because actually the, the fetus hemoglobin is different to to the adult hemoglobin. Their affinity for oxygen is much higher. 
Um, and in fact, actually, what we do is we deliver nutrients preferentially to the fetus. Um, and so, so actually, to some extent, it's, it's the mother we should worry about more than the fetus because the fetus is incredibly well protected in their, their protective environment. Um, so so you know, there are lots of factors around that. And I think w- the key to it is really is actually answering those questions and making sure that, that the pregnant mum-to-be feels confident in the exercise that they're doing, that what they're doing is something that's very positive for both themselves and the baby. Fab. And you've mentioned <clears throat> sort of the, your, the ideal regiment, physical activity regimen, moderate sort of intensity physical activity, pelvic floor exercises. Is the, in terms of the prescription, are we still talking 150 minutes a week? How would, how would you sort of go balancing the, this? Yes is the answer to that. <laughs> I mean, WHO guidelines uh, and, and government guidelines are for 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity physical activity, uh, usually split into 30-minute episodes. Uh, and, and so to some extent, a, a much simpler way of putting that is 30 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity most days of the week. Um, in addition to that, it's adding on to strength sessions a week which actually for during pregnancy is incredibly important and i think that's probably one of the areas of greatest fear is this idea of actually strength training during pregnancy but i i think again to allay the fears on that what what we're not necessarily talking about is we're not talking about olympic lifting or power lifting we're actually talking about body weight strength work perhaps using bands if necessary um, to increase the resistance but just again maintaining strength uh, is really important because we've got this ever-increasing body weight uh, and in, interest, uh, importantly is that that body weight is is not symmetrical around the body it's not global it's actually in one specific area and of course what that does is that increase that that alters biomechanics it causes a, a variety of problems, things from PGP, so pelvic girdle pain, uh, through to low back pain, which 90% of pregnant mothers uh, uh, experience, upper upper back pain into neck pain. Um, and so it, what strength does, it, it, it enables the pregnant mum-to-be to be able to cope with that change in, in their body as we move through. But it is 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity physical activity, 30 minutes a day on most days of the week, plus strength sessions still holds true for pregnant mothers as it does for the general population. Fab, I think that's a, a really key message to get across. And we've mentioned sort of what might be <clears throat> categorised as a low-risk pregnancy. Um, what sort of conditions, what sort of uh, issues would put place someone in the high-risk sort of category? And how does the advice sort of differ to these women? <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough question. Because <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot of them. Um, I, I, I think that, uh, t- to some extent, it's about pre-existing conditions. I, I think that, that's probably the easiest way to explain it, is that if, if you're a pregnant mum-to-be with a pre-existing condition, um, or if you have a pregnancy which uh, which uh, fundamentally changes the, the, the nature of how the baby is developing... Um, all the way down to things like placenta privia, for example, where you've got a very forward-facing placenta, uh, can can change or should change the way in which you approach uh, exercise. Um, it, it, it's quite difficult to give a, a sort of generalist approach to that, but the bottom line is, what, what to some extent, what we do is is from from uh, from a general population perspective, when we move into pregnancy, we adapt the type of exercise that we prescribe, and obviously that adaptation 
change increases or changes throughout pregnancy. So trimester one versus two versus three is very different. What we do postpartum is very different. Um, it, what you're adding now when it comes to moderate or high risk pregnancies, you're just adding an additional layer into that to consider before you prescribe exercise. And what you are doing is you, you are taking account of that of that pre-existing condition um, or that newly developed condition within pregnancy and just making sure that you tailor the exercise in order to avoid any increase in risk with those mothers. Brilliant. And you've mentioned a few times that postpartum period and that's yeah. not something that I'd massively considered bringing into the podcast but I think it's actually really important that we touch upon. In the last few years we've seen sort of people in the postpartum period going on to achieve great success i'm just thinking just <laughs> jessica ernest or yep. dame jessica ernest hail man yeah. um and what sort of advice do you give for people in, in this period is it again sort of maintenance and sort of not rushing into it or what sort of advice do you give people in this sort of um transition period I, I, it's an interesting point you, you raised fm because i mean i think this year was highlighted by serena williams you know her first return back to uh, back to wimbledon uh, and and uh, uh, what we have is we have some wonderful role models within that. Um, it, Paula Radcliffe and Joe Pavey, as you just said, and, and uh, Serena. Lots of examples. But I, I think they're wonderful shot windows. <laughs> but we do have to take that with some word of caution in the sense that what you do have to remember is that, that number one, they were elite athletes before they came into pregnancy. What they also then did is they maintained that capacity throughout pregnancy. And so therefore, in returning to it post-pregnancy, it, it is a, a natural lineage, it's a natural progression. <clears throat> um, so, so again, what we do postpartum is actually very much dictated by what we did pre-pregnancy and what we do during pregnancy. And I think that much of the importance of actually uh, physical activity pre and during pregnancy is that what it enables, it enables a much more rapid recovery and a much, a much quicker return to normal life postpartum. Um, but but when it comes to, to physical activity postpartum, it's, it's an interesting one because if you ever look across clinical medicine, you know, I mean, it, 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 what we do now with patients post uh, post cabbage, for example, so post coronary artery uh, bypass grafting or post post transplant, even. And in fact, I've looked after a number of transplant patients. Is that, that there used to be a, a prolonged period of recovery, which they, which was rest. Uh, what we now know is actually that recovery is accelerated with activity. Add on top of that, what we do is we reduce the risk of, of, of specific complications, things like thrombus development and those type of things. And, and the same holds true for, for pregnancy is that really what we should be looking at is actually returning to activity as soon as possible, uh, post-delivery as we can. The sooner ret we return, the sooner we move back to uh, a, a normal uh, quality of life. Um, <laughs> Quite a difficult thing to do. <laughs> I've watched my wife give, preg uh, give birth three times, uh, and uh, to advise people to become physically active immediately it would be somewhat crass because it is a, a, a massive physiological stress. Um, and so again, it, it becomes a special population that we do have to take care of. It, that said, there are things. You know, for me, something like pelvic floor. You can actually start pelvic floor immediately post delivery, and I think that's great, that's good advice to begin that process to, to actually make it part of that routine uh, post post delivery is really very important. But certainly, what we should be doing is promoting activity uh, as soon as possible after pregnancy uh, in order to both uh, reduce risk and also assist the mother and what, what's good what you have to imagine postpartum is that the the the, the massive change in the hormonal milieu um with the, the 
the precipitous fall of things like estrogen and progesterone, etc. Um, alongside this, this cha- for, for you know new mums to be this massive change in in their their way of life, you know almost the fear of now being a mother um, can drive things like depression. Um, and, and actually, that those baby blues moving on to to, to um, uh, depression. Uh, what we can do is we can manage that or certainly improve that environment with physical activity. So again, it's not just about the, the recovery physically uh, post-delivery. It's actually about the mental and emotional recovery uh, and the support uh, to those big changes that have occurred both physically and socially, uh, which will help and aid that recovery and, and return to normal life. Uh, and I guess that in the postpartum period, you then got to, again, go somewhat along the lines of what the pregnancy sort of restressification where you've got natural deliveries and you've got have to sort of consider things like perineal tears and c-sections sort of the advice for them so i guess your advice would still hold true for that sort of start slow and just general physical activity pelvic floor exercises for that population as well absolutely right and i think you know it's very important point to bring up actually because natural birth versus c-section are are very different um c-section is major abdominal trauma i mean it's major abdominal surgery i think to some extent the the media has portrayed it as the as the easy option um, but actually when it comes to recovery it's it's really really very important that we take a very bespoke approach to to c-section um cutting through the abdominal wall um does does effectively predispose it to, to potential risks and so therefore the nature of the prescription of exercise has to take that into account uh, things like perineal tears uh, obviously again require a, a, a specific approach uh, in order to, to to address that and of course it, I mean they go from the very complex to the very obvious and that is that, that where actually swimming for example is a, is a wonderful uh, exercise postpartum um, once once uh, blood flow permits um, th- then actually getting getting going swimming with your baby and and uh, promoting uh, swimming from a very early age something i do i'm an ambassador for a, a group called turtle tots which works very closely on that it, it's about getting the mother physically active but also bonding with the child and those type of things and also something that the father at, at last can actually be involved in you know in this process that really doesn't in, include them at all um but obviously with with stitches uh, that that's precluded until a time that is possible so without any shadow of doubt it's about an, an individualized bespoke approach uh, but but that you know, that said, uh, in a generalist model, because there are lots of women who have C-sections, lots of women who have perineal tears, and so therefore the advice is generally the same, but just make sure that we tailor it to the individual. Brilliant. And I think we've covered a few really important points in this in this podcast now. Um, your book is available at the moment. It is, yeah. Yeah, and can sort of goes all of, sort of goes through all this in a lot of detail, a lot of practical steps. And then I know I'll just signpost listeners to one of the most recent editions of the BGSM, which has some of the most updated systematic reviews and really focuses about uh, sort of physical activity in pregnancy. So we'll pop the links to Greg's book. We'll pop the links to the BGSM edition uh, in the blurb of this podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to you'd like to cover at all? No, I, I, I mean thanks for having me. Number one, it's, no, it's great to fine. actually talk about an area that I think is is underreported and undercovered uh, in, in general um, and I think outside of everything else what well, I think what, what the whole the whole process of this you know of writing the book of, of doing the podcast of doing all this work is to actually allay the fear 
uh, for pregnant mums to be uh, and and to promote physical activity and critically I think in that enjoy it it is it's a wonderful time and I think what physical activity can do is it can actually enhance that experience uh, and so be as physically active as you can but always as always make sure you keep in close contact with your healthcare team you've been listening to a BJSM podcast if you have any questions then please get in touch with us via social media or if you have any suggestions for future guests or future topics then please just let us know have a wonderfully physically active day.